This week's episode of One Shot is brought to you by Know Your Company. Got 25 to 75 people in your company? Check out knowyourcompany.com. Software that helps companies like Airbnb know their company better. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, we're bringing you Exalted. This is the first storytelling system game that we're going to feature, which I think is pretty hilarious. Uh, For those who don't know, the storytelling system was the flagship system for White Wolf Publishing, who ruled the 90s with games like Vampire, Werewolf, and Changeling. Exalted puts players in the role of demigods, navigating a mythic world of celestial politics and morality. To guide us through this D10-ridden world, we've invited guest GM Quinn Wilson from the Swallows of the South podcast onto the show. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to thank our backers on Patreon. We're working on a way to replace the Peach Pit and expand the entertainment that we're able to offer our fans. Money coming into the Peach Pit supports those efforts, as well as the folks who make the show, like Cat, Pat, and myself. If everyone who listened to us gave just $2 a month, we'd be able to walk away from our day jobs and work on one shot full time. So before we get to the show, I want to thank some of our backers by name. John Green, thank you. <laughs> Athelus, thank you. Robert Wilson, thank you. Richard Jones, thank you. Gregory Ashbrook, thank you. Mia Morgenstern, thank you. Brandon Evans, thank you. Jenny Tapani, thank you. Kay Lee. Thank you. Brian Barron. Thank you. James Griffin. Thank you. Mikey McSee. Thank you. Donald Hass. Thank you. Henry McElroy Fuchs. Thank you. Hawk Haynes. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Hawk Haynes is definitely like a CIA agent or some sort of action hero. Hawk Haynes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah Natt. Thank you. Danny Bumgart. Thank you. Or Baumgart. Baumgart? So I always pronounced Baumgartner Baumgartner, so that's how I would pronounce that. I think Baum's cool, but you're right, it could be Baum. Danny! We got Danny! Yeah, we definitely got Danny. (laughs) Dane Simpkins. Thank you. Paul Groudus. Thank you. Thanks once again to all of our supporters on Patreon. And now, with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, we are coming to you live from a catacon, and we are recording our first ever time that we'd be playing Exalted. Uh, and I've got a great group of people. Let's meet our party for this week. First up, a voice that is familiar to you from the Tenra Bancho Zero series on One Shot. Rob Stith is returning. Hello, James. Rob, I like how you mentioned earlier that you just keep walking backwards into these anime-inspired role-playing sessions I don't even ask for it. It just happens to me, (laughs) and I roll with it. Well, I'm very excited to be playing with you on this. Who are you going to be portraying for us? I will be playing the Solar Exalt Cholquidal, a relentless devotee of justice, Mm. skilled detective, and definitely not Batman. Definitely legally distinct from Batman. I think that's the one thing that we can take away from all of this. 
Excellent, excellent. And and that laughing you hear faintly in the background is, of course, the, the booming laugh of none other than Jim McClure. Jim. Hi, James. How are we doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this turns out. We, we, we have a mission. We, we have one mission and that is to get along. We are going to get along at this table together, James. It is, it is going to happen. But, uh, hi everyone out there in, in one shot podcast world. Of course, we're here playing exalted. And, uh, today I'm going to be playing, uh, Yum Yong Lee or Lee for short, as I tend to go by my last name, the refined warrior. Perfect, and uh, I just really look forward to our relationship dynamic in a caste-based Asian-inspired setting. I can't imagine that it's going to be anything but wonderful. No, yeah, that no precedent works, ever that set. That usually works just fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Especially yeah. between us, I, I think we're we're, <laughs> we're doing great so far. so far. No issues. Go back and listen to Reflections in L5R. Okay, with that out of the way, um, I'm actually going to be a player this this time around um, because we have brought in a ringer of a game master, and we'll be introducing them in just a second. First, I want to talk a little bit about my character. I am I'm Chrysanthemum Malifluent. A name that is deceptively difficult to say. So I will be going by Mal to my friends and allies in this game. Uh, Mal is a elegant courtier. He is incredibly charismatic and a real socialite and diplomatic climber. He is an exalted, uh, which is an element of the setting, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But he has supernatural powers that help him be more influential than a mortal man would. And with that, I want to throw over to Quinn Wilson. Quinn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, James. I am ecstatic to be here. I'm very excited to have you here. I'm excited to have you here specifically to run Exalted for us because you have your own Exalted podcast. I do. It's called Swallows of the South. We're on the RPG Academy Network. I've heard of that network. I don't want to say there's bad blood between us, but there's a blood feud between us. (laughs) Podunk operation at RBG Academy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael thinks he can put out great programming with talented people, and I'm not going to let him get away with it. I'm not going to let him get away with it. I say here from a catacon, the convention that they put us up at. As a member of the network, I will say definitively that that cannot stand. Yeah. Um, Oh, so we're playing Reflections. I I wasn't aware (laughs) that we were playing Reflections right now. Okay. Man, I should have played Reflections with, with Michael. That's a missed opportunity. We gotta, we gotta set that up. All right. Um, but we actually really have to get to the game. Um, since I don't want to get in the way of Exalted anymore, Quinn, since you are intimately familiar with it, please explain to my audience, uh, what is Exalted? What makes it special? And what are we in for today? Absolutely. So Exalted is a game that I think in broad strokes one could describe as Asian inspired fantasy, but the setting overall takes a lot of notes from essentially not Eurocentric history and culture. It's based in sort of Bronze Age mythology in all of its various forms and is a game about playing people who have in a time where the world is falling prey to corrupt gods and a tyrannical empire people who have taken it upon themselves and have been blessed in their pursuits with the power of the highest of all of the gods, the unconquered son, to do with his power what they will for good or for ill. All right. It sounds like we have a lot of mythological grounding and we're going to be seeing some unique fantasy elements in this game. So uh, with that knowledge, uh, where do we start off? Take us away. 
All right. So we open on a mighty river flowing through a city thick with waves of rolling incense. You can hear the playing of harmonia and the chiming of bells. This is the magnificent temple city of Great Forks, where there is a shrine to almost every god conceivable, and every day there is some sort of magnificent religious celebration. And it is during one of these such celebrations that we turn to a boat that is moving its way down the river which winds its way through Great Forks. This boat is not simply a method of conveyance. It is being propelled by chanting priests who make motions as they say sutras which propel the boat forward through the water. And it is also a magnificent tea house. And on the upper deck of this tea house vessel, we see our three heroes seated alongside a representative of the bureaucratic society which rules over the temple structure of Great Forks. So, why doesn't everyone give me a quick rundown of their character physically and dive into this here conversation with Gracious Sparrow? the representative of this bureaucracy. All right, who wants to start us off? Shall I? Uh, by all means. Okay. Because I will be nice today. <laughs> so Chrysanthemum sits in the center of the table, excitedly having conversation with those around him, seeming to dip in and out of several different conversations while maintaining a sensible contribution to each one. Uh, his hands excitedly dart across the table, uh, pulling any foods or sweets or biscuits towards himself uh, and stuffing his face at the same time. He has thick, rounded cheeks, um, a very young and handsome face, though I'm not going to lie, he's plump. He's a heavier set guy, uh, but he really wears that well. His robe is an elegant design. Uh, it's gold interwoven with a deep plum purple. He looks immediately like the sort of person, upon looking at him, who would invite you over and buy you a beer um, as soon as you entered a room. He is lightly flirting with everybody else at the table, uh, keeping folks in good spirits. Shulquil has very dark skin, but alarming yellowish-green eyes that give a sense of predation to anyone that he looks deeply at. And he wears clothes that, at a glance, look to be almost low-class. The cut is not ostentatious or flattering in any way. It is functional, but at a closer look, the material is of impeccable quality and durability and reliability it serves its function well and aspires to know more which is something that's important to him he is bending and unbending his bow and checking the recurves of the aged wood for the slightest flaw because the tiniest flaw is where it all starts and we must be vigilant Lee sits on the edge of the boat, uh, his feet actually dangling off the side, uh, his mind sort of down towards the, the water that we gently pass over. Lee has an, an old face that uh, it, it's 
sort of like your your grandfather. It, it's bright, it's cheerful, he has light blue eyes, uh, his hair has long since grayed, uh, but you can see the scars on his face and his neck from years of battle. Uh, but everywhere he looks, he just sees, sees brightness, he sees color, he sees peace in the world, uh, and he's, he's watching the waters pass underneath, uh, the whole time his eyes keep going to Mal as Mal moves through the audience and does, uh, the things that Mal does, uh, his, his, his wonderful social circles as he's seen happen time and time before. He eyes up the people that Mal are talking to. If one gets a little too close or a little too familiar, his, his left arm, his only remaining arm, uh, moves towards the hilt of his sword just a little bit. Just enough in case something were to happen. But then it goes back to peace, the waters are calm, and he continues to watch the fish that swim below. The intimacy, the story of my life. Ha <laughs> Zing zing! Uh, so, Quinn, intimacies are the core of the social system, is a rumor that I heard from someone who knows this game very well. Mm. Um, so, to get us started off, we've got these characters. How do we get intimate? Excellent. So, intimacies... Let me just lo- turn down these lights... Perfect. Yes, that is... Got my Barry White album over here. Absolutely (laughs) the optimal way to start creating your intimacies. Intimacies represent your character's beliefs and their relationships. And every character in Exalted, especially being as passionate as the Exalted are, come to the table with four intimacies. And intimacies are rated in three tiers. There are minor intimacies, which are things which are very important to you, but don't flow out beyond the immediate context of that intimacy. There are major intimacies, which are things which underpin a lot of large areas of your life. If you really, really love, for example, like your partner at the major level, you don't just work on fostering that relationship and working on that. You are likely to undertake goals which are in line with your love for that partner In a broad sense, you're likely to go and strive to make changes. And then at the tier above that, there is the defining intimacy, which is something which sits at the core of your character and really defines almost everything that the character does on some level. So there are principles, which are the things that you believe, and there are ties, which are the relationships that you hold. And so the game asks that you have four intimacies at least one of which is defining, at least one of which is a principle, and at least one of which is a tie. Usually what distinguishes ties and principles is that ties are the name of a person and then a parenthetical explanation of the type of relationship that you hold. So you could have a defining tie of hatred towards the man who slew your master. For example, and that would underpin almost everything you do. That hatred for the person who slew your master is driving everything that you do. Or you could have a minor principle of it's vital to take time to enjoy the small things, for example. So, are there any questions? Um, One mild question on setting, uh, which is actually a two-part question. One being, um, were we uh, essentially born... Exalt, or is that something we became at some point in our lives? You became an exalt at one okay. point in your life. You did something grand and heroic, and you were blessed with power. Can exalts ever become gods? 
No, they are explicitly designed not to become gods, but perhaps to surpass them. (laughs) Jim McClure answer. (laughs) The favorite Jim McClure answer. Right off the bat here, we're going with a tie, uh, and that is, um, my tie is to Mal. I believe Mal will... The the, the phrase that I use in my mind, I may have never expressed this to Mal, but I believe Mal will become a god. I believe Mal deserves to be more so than some that reside in whatever the heavens are of this universe now. Excellent. And on that note, I do have to question, I believe that Mal might actually have the cult background right now? Yes. So people are already worshipping him. As they should. I love it. That's crazy that I came up with that in my mind and that was part of your character already. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I think uh, because I now have to be a character that lives up to those ideals, at least we become a villainous group of monsters. I am going to say my, I, I, what is it, a minor principle? What's the... Uh, minor is the lowest tier and then principle is a belief. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to go with a minor intimacy of food unites us all. Ooh. I think one is probably good to give everyone a sense. And then if you guys have ideas for intimacies as we progress, we can reveal those as time is appropriate. All right. Um, I also have a tie to Mal. But my tie is one of concern because of the vast responsibility that being worshipped on this scale entails. I consider it my moral duty to keep him honest and interrogate him and force his positions to live up to antagonism and be the best version of himself. Very interesting. love this, and it gives me a great way to progress with the scene that we've framed. So, should I jump into that then? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, Gracious Sparrow who is sitting across from Mal at the table, is a woman of about 30 years old. She has serious brown eyes and dark skin, which is kept very clean, meticulously trimmed nails, and she is wearing a blanche white and crimson red robe. She sits cross-legged and holds a cup of green tea to her lips. And as she finishes sipping, she cocks her head lightly toward Mal and begins gesturing at Chalquitl and Lee as well. You've been in Great Forks for a little while now, and it's come to our attention that you've begun to make something of a name for yourselves. In Great Forks, it's difficult to keep a secret for very long, especially when worship is the currency of preference here. And it's come to our attention that there's a little bit of worship that has become undocumented throughout the city. Undocumented? My word. Uh, Worship for what? Worship for a particular personage. We've heard rumor that they are a god, but... Looking at the person before me, I don't think I see a god. But whispers through the streets adulate chrysanthemum mellifluent. My dear madam, 
This is the first I am hearing of such a thing. You flatter me too much. I must purchase you uh, a, a croissant. Have you tried the croissants of this region? I have not, actually. Mm. Put this to your lips. Taste this. This was made by a man named Ling. Ling lives in a small village about ten miles off the shore of the river. Ling works every day, getting up with the sun, getting up as his animals wake him, and one of his first acts is to pour his efforts into these pastries. And he sells them but one copper piece, a single copper piece. I put this to my lips, and I knew what a god was. And the god, I assure you, madam, is not in my soul or my body. The god is in the food that Mr. Ling made, and the life that it gives the people around him. You may hear rumor. You may hear of people wishing to follow in the philosophy that I believe is core to the essence of humanity. But trust me, madam, there is no god here. There could be no god here. Gods are political actors. They have dark machinations. I am a soul who wants to taste the next croissant made by another Ling. So, this actually sounds like a great moment for us to dive into the social mechanisms of the game. Ooh. There are three main categories of action that you can take in the social domain in Exalted. You can try to persuade someone, which you do by leveraging an intimacy of theirs that you know about. In order to discover such intimacies, you can take something called a read intentions action, or if you would prefer, you can instill an intimacy, which starts at the minor level, and it sounds mm-hmm. to me like Mal is trying to instill some sort of intimacy in Gracious Sparrow. Yes. And yes, that is absolutely it. Is it a tie toward you, or is it a shared principle in the power of food? It's a shared principle in that there is divinity in small things. Ooh, I love it. So that, I believe, will be a charisma plus socialize role. All right. So my attribute of charisma is at a four. And socialize is all the way up at a five. So that is nine dice. Yes. And you actually have a charm that is always on called Harmonious Presence Meditation, which automatically gives you plus three dice to this. Oh, wow. And Exalted as a system actively encourages you to engage in evocative and flavorful descriptions. And if that wasn't an evocative and flavorful description, I don't know what was. So you will also get plus two dice and an automatic success to your roll for your two-dot stunt. Gracious. And once again, I must point out that Quinn told us these are starting characters. Yes. Okay, so four successes, what am I looking for? So you have four successes? No, what are... Oh, what what, are what, is, four what successes. constitutes uh, a success? So it is seven to nine, and then tens count as two. So uh, with my automatic success, that is five successes. Which is just about as difficult as anyone can be in this universe to convince. Hmm. Gracious Sparrow puts the croissant to her lips, and you can actually see her eyes light up as the flakes hit her taste buds. Goodness, I can taste the passion and work that drove this 
to the very place we sit. I assure you, Chrysanthemum, that we are not the realm. We don't seek to undo the Hundred Gods' heresy. Worship is not a crime. We simply seek to recognize where worship exists in our city, and to allow that an avenue of legitimacy, so that if the forces of the Shattered Realm should turn their attention to us, we have appropriate recourse. Looking around you, I can see all three of you are possessed of something more. No mere mortal could string a bow like that, or survive such a grievous wound. We seek simply to legitimize your operation. Ah, it is a bureaucratic matter, then. Absolutely. Though gods may be possessed of dark and bureaucratic tendencies, sometimes the best way is to meet them where they are. Hmm. At the mention of bureaucracy, Jolquidal will uh, sidle up to Gracious Sparrow and, and say, As you can see, um, any kind of legal impropriety was unintentional with a significant look to Mal. We'd be glad to attend to the details of that to your satisfaction. Absolutely. No trespass has occurred yet. That does lead to an interesting question. Lee says with his toe dipping just slightly into the water. What would happen if a new god walked into your town? New gods are arriving on a regular basis. Shrines are ever under construction. New propitiants arrive in droves every day. As we learn about them, we seek them, or if they should be hiding in their sanctums, we reach out to their high priests and establish a form of validity within the city. We, unlike the realm, will not ask for a tithe of your prayers. We simply wish to understand when celebrations are to be held and how to facilitate so many ongoing modes of worship at any one time. And for my own personal curiosity, I wonder, uh, as a man that seeks balance and peace within life, what were to occur if the god of gods were to arrive? Are the others disbanded? Do you mean one of the celestial incarnate themselves? Perhaps even the sun unconquered? I am... My um, friend Lee here is an avid philosopher. He chooses to dabble in theory whenever presented with something simple. Theory is a far more interesting uh, venture of study in my experience. And and I wonder if even... What if even the god of the celestial incarnate were to show up? As it seems that in recent years, they have turned their backs on creation. Perhaps the gods would view them with some degree of indignation, but many might flock back to these symbols which once united them solidly. But I, I am a man of philosophy and a man of people. I, I do not concern myself with what the gods would think of these gods. I concern myself with what you would think of this god arriving. As a bureaucrat. Well, as I understand the machinations of Yushan the seat of power of heaven, it is not entirely dissimilar to the structure of Great Forks. Ideally, we would be able to meet with each other, bureaucrat to bureaucrat, and establish a mutually beneficial arrangement. 
Oh, and the Celestial Incarnate must have so many bureaucrats. I do sincerely hope one day you will get to recognize when you have that meeting. And at that comment, as Lee dips his toe once more into the water, no ripples and no waves emanate from where he passes his foot. He is actually met with force and resistance. It is now effortful to pass his foot into the water. The fish slow themselves in the stream, struggling for motion, and you can hear the creaking as the T-boat comes to a sudden and relatively halting stop. Something's amiss. I say, is this typical for this region? No, it is not. And I'm actually going to ask that everyone give me a perception plus awareness roll. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Um, I will say right now that everyone who has the awareness boxed in on their character sheet may spend up to a number of motes that is equal to your perception plus awareness to add that many dice to your roll. So you are looking at a difficulty here of four this is something that is lost in the cacophony, so it will be difficult to hear. So your perception plus awareness, you could double that pool for Good as many motes. lord. That would be 20 dice. What on earth? I feel like maybe I should to. do that. What else are you going to roll 20 d10s? <laughs> what How can context you not do that could you here? possibly have? Dice. All right, well, let's line these up here and make sure we've got 20 dice. And what pool are you going to spend that from? Um. Well, what 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 are you going to have more fun with? What's going to cause more drama? Well, since she has just implied that she is very well aware that you are all exalted, if you spend ten motes, your cast mark goes and you start glowing like a Dragon Ball Z character. Ah, uh, there you go. Well, Let's do it. If you went in for sensory acuity prana and got double nines, mm-hmm. that would be fifteen motes, right? Is it five motes for sensory acuity prana? Yeah, it is. You would immediately go totemic. Okay. Which can be seen for miles around. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do that. Let's we, do as far as I'm concerned, we were just threatened. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to find out what's going on. Absolutely. And apparently, everyone around me is going to have all of their misdeeds revealed as uh, markings on their skin. Oh, we're going to get serious super quick. Okay. Yep. Well, it's not mark. Oh, because usually the anima, it extrudes from you. And so, the misdoings of others is like, your aura solidifies into an image. Oh. Okay. Well, then, you know, take it away once my result comes up. (laughs) While he is rolling and counting, uh, just another setting question. Are are we essentially easily identified as Exalt, um, or essentially is, is this person identifying us as a symbol that they have special powers to us? So... It is not easy to identify someone as an exalt necessarily, unless you can see their cast mark or anima. But Rob, but tens are double, right? Tens and nines are both For double. Me. So that is nine successes. Wow! Goodness okay, gracious me. So mine was one success, a gentleman's one. I had a gentleman's two. Okay. First, to answer Jim's question: only when you are actively spending from your peripheral pool can people tell that you are an exalt. Uh, but sometimes when people gain reputations for themselves, they can piece it together. But Gracious Sparrow is likely not 
certain or convinced that you are exalts. You could perhaps have be the child of a god, or even be some form of gods yourselves. I assume she's about to be convinced. Yes. <laughs> so, what just happened is Chalquidal spent 15 motes from his peripheral essence pool, which means that in Exalted, when you spend from your peripheral essence pool, your divine might bleeds into the world around you in a glorious display of light and color. So the half circle of the Twilight cast is emblazoned upon Chalquidal's forehead, and the golden light of his anima then defines itself into a totemic form. Why don't you describe what the gathering and concentrating light looks like? Well, the anima, as it coalesces around Chalquidal's body, begins to vibrate, causing perhaps a melody that only Chalquidal can hear that points him in the direction of any shred of injustice, as well as leading strands as though a sentient wind were seeking out the flaws in the morality of this place and the people in it. Uh, And there is obviously uh, a great bloom of luminosity golden light dripping silver fire and the tone of a golden bell sounding from somewhere deep in the uh, caverns of space and time and one assumes i have become more wise excellent i love it and as this occurs you can see gracious sparrow's eyes widen and her jaw drop oh no my dear sparrow were we zoned for that (laughs) and she simply stutters for a moment. Uh, um, well, it, it's not a zoning issue, just thank goodness the realm's not here right now. And as she lets that sentence go, Chalquidal and Chalquidal alone can hear under the harmonia, under the clang of bells and the chanting of sutras, a cry. <laughs> no! 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 Almost weeping. My friends, there's... There's someone in pain here. Deep pain. I can lead you. Then we must follow. I apologize heartily for having to cut our meeting short. It has been so nice to sit and talk with you. Yes, it's been... And she actually drops herself into a low and hesitating bow an absolute honor to spend time in your presence i Mm. assure you please 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 rise yourself please as i return her bow at the same we'll be glad to attend to the legal matters once this crisis is averted should this crisis be handled at your hands i assure you that my superiors would be more than happy to facilitate perhaps even promote the establishment of a temple, or a shrine, in your honor. That is unnecessary. The sun grows every crop in the world every day. We do not merely bow to the sun as we rise. We curse it when it gets in our eyes. My companions and I will find this weeping, and we will calm this tormented soul, and when we return, we will fill out your paperwork 
so that you need not worry. A temple should not be necessary. M- Mal, if, if, if I may, though, would it not be easier to bring your message of Bountiful Harvest to people if they did not have a location they could come to receive it, as well as to spread the wonderful food and delicacies that you bring? You're talking about a restaurant. Now, if we're talking about a restaurant here... I have some ideas regarding theme and menu that I think would blow your mind. The last restaurant temple did very, very well. The person is still in pain. Right, right, right. We'll talk of this restaurant later. Temple. I, restaurant, restaurant temple. Restaurant. We'll, restaurant temple. temple restaurant, the even? difference is academic. <laughs> I, as a man of philosophy, I hold this as an important distinction. Restaurant, te- restaurant temple. Be careful, truly. We are in front point, of a bureaucrat. <laughs> for clarity, it is, we put it as a restaurant zoned for temple structures. Yes, that will have important bureaucratic implications. It's probably easier to open a temple than a restaurant. That's a good point. In this town? You will be beholden to certain codes of sanitation that a temple would not be held to. Yeah, see, I feel the restaurant's the harder thing. So yeah, restaurant temple. Mm. Restaurant temple. Surely, though, your friend flees down the stilled river, trailing a beacon of bright light in his wake. (laughs) Yes, we should hurry. I am not very quick. Mal, you should remain in the back, just in case, as we follow along Chiquidal. Who throws impatient glances over his shoulder (laughs) at his overly blasé friend. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chalquidal is following the source of this weeping, of this crying, and deep within the heart of the temple district, behind the gates of blue lacquered wood holding these large round lanterns you can see a number of priests who have gathered around the front of this temple each of whom wears fisherman fisherman's pants and an open vest many of them actually have deeply scarred hands and arms as though torn by years of using lures and fishing lines which grabbed at their skin and the door to the pagoda temple itself is presently sealed off as Chalquidal arrives still blazing one of these priests with must bluish hair and seafoam green eyes raises his hand as you approach what brings you here. I've sensed a great disquiet. I've come to put it to rest. Wellspring of Silt's richness has asked for private time. The god is not seeing any visitors presently. I have become aware of a great pain, and I would see it mollified. And Wellspring would see that he is given privacy in his time of pain. Lee rests his hand on the priest's shoulder from behind, leans around his side in a very, very familiar, almost sort of embrace. We would humbly request an audience with the god, and we would recommend that we humbly have it accepted. So is this an attempt at subtle intimidation? Yes, that sounds yes, right. that sounds excellent. So I will I give you... I that's something I'm good at or not. Yes, it is. <laughs> it should be your manipulation plus presence you get 
an automatic extra die on it for your Tiger's Dread Symmetry. <laughs> and you get plus two bonus dice. You're trying to beat a resolve score of three. So if you would like to add any more dice from your Excellency, you can. I would. Um, and I can spend them up to how high? You can spend up to your chariz- or your Manipulation plus Presence pool. Oh, okay, I can, I can spend all the way up to it. Yeah. Um, I need to hit a three. I'm going to spend four for my personal. Excellent. Am I getting the double on nines? I forget what you that get was for. Was double that a special tens, thing of it? Okay. But not nines. Okay. Uh well looking good. One, and two, I believe that three. you get to re-roll up to three non-successes because of Tiger's Dread Symmetry as well. Wow. That's a oh. good success. Uh seven successes. You can feel as you have placed your hand on the priest's shoulder, goose pimples spreading from his shoulder to his neck. And you can feel perspiration begin to congeal. And almost imperceptibly, you can feel him intake a sharp breath. Though he presently finds himself in a place of immense and great pain, I'm sure that he can make an exception for people. And he gestures towards Chalquidal. Of your particular status and eminence, he certainly would not like anything to come of... Any more of his favored priests. And he bows himself low, and the bar which holds down the door, almost by itself, slides open, and behind it you can see the rippling of water. And at this point, Mal uh, appears uh, huffing and puffing, (laughs) having just now run down the river. (sighs) Water! is at once easier and more difficult to run along than one would expect. And the priest that's bowing, I put uh, one finger on the back of his head just sort of to lightly hold him in that position as I look over to Mal, waiting for Mal to return or acknowledge the bow and very gently holding the priest in his low position (gasps) until it is acknowledged. Ah. And Mal bows to the priest. I am so sorry, for being so late, I had not even realized that formalities had begun yet. You have my deepest and humblest apologies, uh, Mr. Oh, Fow. 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 That sounds like a name of a favored priest. Surely you do me a great kindness. You do that kindness for yourself with the service that you do to your master, who I believe we are all here to see to cheer up. Perhaps you are. Please, please enter. And through this entire conversation, Fao's eyes are not resting on Mal to whom he is talking, Mm -hmm. but they are nervously twitching to the periphery of his vision, where he can see Lee looming behind him. Mm. If you simply enter through, you shall enter his sanctum, where he finds himself grieving now. Mm. We appreciate your cooperation. But of course... Cooperation is the very spirit of Great Forks. (laughs) And he throws himself again to the ground and bows as you enter. I slide over to uh, Chiquito as we're getting ready to enter. Uh, Chiquito, keep your wits about you. Uh, We we are walking into the presence of a god, and we do have Mal with us. Always be mindful. That's my way. How is this temple decorated? So... It is externally a Japanese-style 
pagoda mm-hmm. with paper walls, but instead of what you might see as the classic red, it is almost a cerulean blue. But on the inside, there is a an open sort of receiving area with long, bare wooden floors and lantern upon lantern upon lantern hanging. And at the end of this hallway, there is a round door, which actually opens itself into something that looks like almost an estuary where sea and river meet, blending together sort of muddy waters. Mm -hmm. And a light is emanating from the these muddy waters and diffusing itself throughout that room where you are actually moving from beyond the mortal world into the pocket dimension, which is the god's sanctum. And is water flowing here normally, or is it just the river that's been affected by this? The water is light. Ooh. That's the air condition. It's yep. not going to matter. Okay. Don't worry. The water is lightly moving inside but it is with the rhythmic rhythmic heaving of the sobs that you can hear coming from inside shulkweedle will lean into lee and and say i think that given the nature of the disquiet here we should allow mal to do what he does best and see to it that he's safe while he does it uh ensure which part of that you put emphasis on now now friends there's no need to worry again we come here with open arms to help i am sure that we would be as happy to aid this grieving god as they would to help us fill out our paperwork so that we're not violating any civic ordinances mal you are wise not all gods recognize the, the the wisdom and grace that you bring. We are merely being cautious. Hmm. Of course, Lee. I have discarded caution in favor of more recipes. So I will have you live as my caution. Thank you so much for acting in that capacity. In the presence of the god, I would ask that you do it in a less looming and intimidating manner. You can reduce even the strongest of nerves to chittering nervousness. I don't feel that anyone has a reason to be nervous around us as long as they are friends of yours, Mal. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Uh, I guess that's where we will start. Yes, let's go make some friends. <laughs> you pass into the sanctum and there is this vibration and shaking of the ground and the water around you that you can feel as you step in and at the back sitting in a deep pool which is surrounded by lush and blossoming trees is a form which looms easily 20 feet in height there is a magnificent golden koi fish with arms and legs like those of a frog perched inside of this and with majestic horned antlers which project out of the top of the koi's head and its whiskers almost drip into the water shaking as large salty tears roll across its glistening scales I asked for privacy what brings you into my sanctum? My humblest apologies, Lord. Mal lowers himself into a deep bow. 
we come with great respect towards you and all of your domain. We also come bearing a gift, a gift that is a symbol of friendship. Uh, Mal pulls out a plum um, and places it uh, in front of any sort of offering pedestal or shrine that the god may have in their personal quarters. Yes, there is a large offertory table on which it is placed. Mm. We were told that you requested privacy. And as we come to you as the dearest and most intimate of friends, we ask the understanding that uh, our presence is privacy. And we are merely here to aid you in your time of need. I am your humble servant. I am known as Chrysanthemum Mellifluent. You may call me Mal. Well, Mal... What's the point in fancy offerings when there's no one for whom, when there's no one with whom you can share those offerings anymore? And his cheeks and his whiskers ruffle and shake as he begins to sob again. But you should go ahead and roll a manipulation plus socialize in order to, I believe, again, instill perhaps a positive tie toward your presence here. Yes. Okay, and he has a resolve score of five. Okay. Um, you'll get two dice from your stunt and the three dice from Harmonious Presence Meditation. So I just need one more die. Oh. Over from from anywhere on the board. Yeah, thank you. I rolled no tens on this, but I still managed to come away with six successes. Wonderful. Um, so even as he begins sobbing and shaking again, you can see one of his whiskers whip out and slowly slide itself up and around the offertory table, which grabs the plum and whips it under the water. If then you've come to speak to me privately, what do you want? Surely you can't solve this. My dear lord, your name is the first thing that I wish to hear. My name is Wellspring of Silt's richness, though hardly anything about this situation seems rich. Wellspring, what a beautiful name. Thank you. The only thing that I want is that cry of pain that my companion heard earlier to be answered with kindness and in time healed away. Now, I am a man on a mission. I wish to leave in the places that I walk a feeling of joy and happiness, and I can tell from a sorrow as deeply held as the one you hold now that I will have to work, put forth great effort, of which myself and my companions are supremely capable of, to leave you in a place of serenity and peace. It sounds like the root of this problem starts with a sad story, and myself and my companions would be honored to hear it if you would be willing to share. Absolutely. Have any of you ever felt before the sting of true heartbreak? I know that Lee has. I have. Then you too must know my story. My highest and most favored priest, and my consort, he left me today, and he offered me no explanation. He simply told me, 
that it was done, that he would no longer serve as my priest and as my lover, fleeing sweet Edie. Fifteen years, fifteen years he served me, and I too began to serve him. As our love blossomed, it seemed strange. And you can hear the strange and sharp chomping sound of the plum entering his mouth. Mm -hmm. That so quickly and imperceptibly did his love for me fade, but I still love him as much as I ever did at the height of our relationship. And that is why I sting. That is why I cannot cause the river to flow anymore. It simply hurts too, too much. <laughs> you see Mal's eyes fill with tears as well. That is a deeply, deeply tragic tale. That sort of heartbreak is one that no one should ever have to experience. Yet it is the sort of pain that mortal beings and immortal beings inflict upon one another on a daily basis. I see now that you are a friend in deep crisis. But one, I think that we can help. Is that not right, Chiquito and Lee? Love is not something that merely fades into balance within the night. Love is something that is cherished. It is something that is special. It is the absolute perfection of imbalance within life. It is something that stands on the perfectly flat horizon, and for it to be flattened in the course of an evening seems odd. There is more to this than the simple tragedy that you described. I would like to see what more there is to see, and with that increased perspective... See what can be done to assuage your pain. Thank you. I know that love can't simply fade away this fast. Surely there must be something. Something that happened. I just need to know why, please. If you can bring him back to me. I will promise you this. What we will bring back to you, no matter what, is closure. We will explain to you what has happened and then we will help you my dear friend move forward in whatever way becomes necessary my goal is to make it so that you can once more move the river without pain or anguish but simply with the power of your being that has always been there that was there before you met your love and that will exist for centuries after now is a time of pain, and it is difficult to look beyond. I invite you, will my friends go and investigate with me? Grieve. Focus on yourself. Experience that pain. Nurture yourself. You are surrounded by many priests who love you. There are many beings in the countryside that depend on you. And that starts from a place of recognizing your pain and starting to move through it in whatever way becomes necessary. It seems, friends, that we must take a path that guides us to this lost lover and unravel the machinations of their imagination and see what has caused this current situation. 
Thank you. You do not know how much this means to my broken heart. I've not yet allowed anyone back into his chambers, but if you find it necessary, we can guide you there. If looking over the things that he left in his room will help you find him. I believe that is a good place to start. I will make one suggestion, my dear sweet wellspring, as you have no idea what it means to both myself and my companions, it would be to see your heart mended once more. Right now you are struck with a supreme loneliness, and the solution you have sought is to cut yourself off from company. Perhaps one solution might be making another problem worse than you imagined. I will go with my friends to investigate this room so we can begin tracking down the source of this problem while I invite you to go out with your friends. You know, live a little. We'll be back. We're going to focus on this pain for this time. Just try to be the you that you've always been. I hear there's a new restaurant in town. (laughs) And it is going to be magnificent. So, as we end this scene... (laughs) (laughs) That's good. As we end this scene, I am going to ask that once more Mal make a roll. It sounds as though you're actually trying to make a persuade action. Mm. Which, again, sounds like it's coming from a manipulation and socialized place. Again, I will grant you... A two-dot stunt, so plus two dice and an automatic success. Okay. But his resolve had been sitting at five. When you try to persuade someone, they can leverage their intimacies to bolster their resolve against influence. So you're actually rolling against a difficulty of nine because he is pulling on a defining intimacy to keep himself miserable. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And what was the three dice granting ability that I was working with earlier? That is harmonious presence meditation. Okay. Does that apply in this circumstance? Yes. Anytime you make a social influence roll of any sort, you get plus three dice. Okay. I am allowed to spend essence on this as well to add dice? You can spend up to seven dice because harmonious presence meditation adds three and you can only ever add up to your attribute plus ability in dice. Okay. So that allows you to kind of operate on a a sort of reduced cost for all your social actions. I am going to take four and uh, add to this roll as well. Excellent. And if you would like, I will let you know that you can also spend your willpower to gain an automatic success on any given roll. Oh, okay. So that'd be, I'd be heading into this roll where I need nine with two automatic successes. I will check off a willpower as Excellent. well. All right. Now it's time to roll this enormous pile of dice. Exalted. It's not a dice pool, it's a dice pile. Do you have double nines on this? Mm-mm. No. It's a shame that I don't, yeah, because it'd be real good, good heavens. All right, but I do have double tens, so this is four, six, seven, Our sevens, eight, uh, nine, ten, eleven. Oh, yeah. So that is twelve successes, and then including the automatic two successes, that becomes fourteen. Treat yourself. <laughs> So you can see him shaking and his hunched posture straightens up a little bit and 
his whiskers move underneath his eyes, wiping away the tears. Maybe you're right. I'll see if I can't convince myself to get out a little bit. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. Remember, there is no one thing that someone like I could say to take away this pain, for it is real and justified. But I can guarantee that you will survive it. Now, friends, let us go. Let us go investigate this priest's room. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with more Exalted next week. In the meantime, be sure to check out Quinn's podcast, Swalls of the South, Rob's podcast, The Orpheus Protocol, and catch Jim on Talking Tabletop and Satanic Panic. Heroes, we're facing a difficult time. It's important to remember that you are not alone. And you are not powerless. If you want to make sure that your voice is heard, one of the most effective ways to get involved is to call your representatives. And voice support for issues that you care about directly. This week, I'm challenging one-shot heroes to voice their concern about President-elect Trump's overwhelming conflicts of interest. Mr. Trump's international business interests make it almost impossible for him to represent the interests of the American public without putting himself first. It's up to us to hold him accountable for that, and it's up to your representatives to hear your concern. It takes less than five minutes to call a representative, and you can literally save the world by doing it. One Shot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're looking for a new show to check out, be sure to listen to I Disagree But... Whitaker Trebella and Bryce Pulse tackle some of life's most frivolous arguments and fiercely try to teach each other why they're right. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at PeachesAndHotSauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes! I can't know.